welcome to Landscape Photography World, a podcast for everyone passionate about landscape photography. I'm Grant Swinburne and I'll be your host on this show talking to landscape photographers about their motivations, likes and dislikes. This podcast is sponsored by Syncback Pro, the professional photographer's tool to keep your images safe. How safe are your photographs? Or to put it this way, how would you feel if you permanently lost some or even all of them? The fact is, there are very real risks in storing your digital images on a hard drive, even if they're backed up to an external device. There's ransomware, hardware failure, file corruption, virus infection, and even accidental deletion or destruction. Syncback Pro makes this problem go away, permanently. Syncback Pro is the professional photographer's tool to back up photographs, images, documents, and data files. Once set up, it keeps your files safe, quietly and reliably in the background. So if problems occur or disaster strikes, you'll have nothing to worry about. Your photographs will be safe. Which is why it's also the backup solution that I use myself for my own photographs. Take advantage of an exclusive 25% discount today by going to www.backup.sg. This software will never expire, meaning your photographs are safe forever. That's www.backup.sg. Give your photographs the protection they deserve. Vicky Louise White is a landscape photographer from Perth, Western Australia, with a passion for capturing the beauty of nature. She discovered photography in 2016 following a few years where grief and previous traumas had consumed her. It started with an iPhone on a bowling green on holiday in South Australia with friends who were competing in the National Police Lawn Bowls comp. There was the most beautiful sunset that overwhelmed her. The next day she spent 10 hours walking, discovering and shooting. Vicky's awards include honourable mentions in the International iPhone Awards and Australian Photographer of the Year and very close to an Apple billboard. In 2019, Vicky Louise switched to the Nikon ZX and learnt photography all over again, earning features by Nikon and an image used in their 10 years of My Nikon Life celebration. For Vicky Louise, photography leads into a long-term plan for retirement. The plan will combine past experiences working in NFTs, marketing, photography, and NFT and Web3 fits perfectly into this very long-term plan. Her NFT photography has been displayed at Sydney NFT and at NFT Liverpool in 2022. We talk about how her photography journey has progressed, how she uses photography as a source of relaxation and inspiration for her marketing job, along with a lot more. I hope you enjoy the show. G'day Vicky, welcome to Landscape Photography World. How are you going? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, plenty good, plenty good. Uh, it's uh, finally sunny here and it looks like we might have a bit of summer today. The last couple of weeks has been a bit uh, bit rubbish, but anyway. How's things in your neck of the woods? Yes, over here in Perth, we're full into summer now. We're um, I think we're on to a 36, 38 degree day today, so loving life at the moment. Spent the morning I, I, I wish we could have some of those. We've, we've, we've had some <laughs> terrible weather this this summer. It's not been uh, not been a great one at all. We'll, so, we'll send it your way. <laughs> Fantastic. Why photography and in particular, why landscape photography? What What is it to you? Um, that's a good question. What is it to me? It's, you know, to be honest, it's just a relaxation. It's, it's just being in the moment, being out there in nature. It's 
witnessing the beauty that we see um you, you know i focus mainly a lot on sunsets and sunrises yep. more sunsets because i'm not really an early morning person um i and just love are on the west coast as well so <laughs> <laughs> well at the moment our sunsets are 7 p.m at night so it's great you can come home from work have dinner get out nice. and shoot so yeah. um but yeah no i just i love just witnessing what we see out in nature um I guess a lot of people don't see that because they don't look and they don't observe what we observe as photographers. Yeah, fantastic. Um, yeah, that's my. All right. So how did you get started? Where, what, what's your earliest photography memory? Um, twenty sixteen. I actually started. I came in quite late. Um, I had quite a few years of grief through a tragedy that had happened in a in a with my friend and in my life. Mm -hmm. Um. And I was over in Adelaide, actually. Some friends were on a police lawn bowls competition, the national okay. competition. Um, so and they convinced me to go and I sort of was a bit like, oh, I just couldn't get out of this rut that I was in um, and just sort of went, okay, I'll go. And um, and I remember sort of pulling up in Adelaide and we went out to the Barossa and there was this, you know, beautiful scenes everywhere and I sort of went oh this is actually quite nice mm, and I mm. could feel sort of myself relaxing into life which I hadn't done for three years um and then we were on a bowling green obviously where this competition was and there was this sure. sunset that was just purple it was this color that I've never ever noticed before yeah, wow. and I remember I just stood there and to be honest I was just in tears but it was just this happy tears of release of of life and mm -hmm. I stood there and realised I'm allowed to live, you know. Yeah. I'm allowed to 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 be happy, even though I've I've been through such grief. Um, and the next day, I actually spent ten hours walking and photographing with my iPhone. Um, and all of a sudden, I was seeing things that you know I hadn't seen before or seen for years, and um, got hooked. So I started off with an iPhone, um, and off I went taking photographs. And I photographed every day, and I have done since then. Fantastic. Um, yeah, just really got heavily into the iPhone photography. Um, ended up, you know, getting into a few communities over on Instagram and photography in sure. iPhone photography. So yeah. And are you still doing iPhone photography, or have you got yourself a a, a what what some people will say a real camera? <laughs> I, I call it a big, I call it a big girl camera. <laughs> a big girl camera, yeah, that's a, that's a yes. good. Yes, <laughs> I um I switched up in twenty nineteen. Um, yeah, so I ended up uh, getting a Nikon Z6 um, through the recommendation yep. of the late and absolutely great Dale Sharp, um, mm. who mm. has influenced a lot of my photography and my passion in photography. Um, yeah, just, you know, studying his images and seeing how photography was done yeah. um, has played a really big part in my sort of shaping where I am and how I'm getting to where I am. Nice, nice. Um, but no, the iPhone photography was great fun. It was there's, there's a really good community out there. Um, and to be honest, they are real cameras. They are very good cameras too. So anybody that's doing iPhone photography, don't think that I'm knocking it. I think that it's fantastic what you can do with a, a, a phone now, in comparison to what it was like. You know, well, I I know what it was like back when I had the uh, little chocolate bar Nokia thing you know one one <laughs> megapixel if you were lucky <laughs> I um yeah I have to say I think out of all the iPhones so I sort of upgrade every year just through wanting to see what they're like yeah. and I have to say in all honesty the iPhone 7 is actually the best camera really um, full yeah. harsh bright light so over here in WA we've got a really harsh bold light 
yeah. Um, I know on the east coast of Western Australia, it's quite a blue hue. Over here, it's quite the yellow hue. Mm. Um, and yeah, after, after the iPhone 7, it sort of became a little bit difficult to shoot, which is where I started going, oh, I think I need to get a camera. Plus, I had people convincing me, you know, there's something going on here, you should pursue it. So I, yeah. I did and jumped. Oh, fantastic. In terms of your motivation, what's kept you going and what is it that's made you get out and take photos every day? Oh, I think I motivate myself. I, I'm I'm motivated to see what I can to capture and what I can progressively learn over time. Um, every time I go out, it's a new, a new scene. It's something new to learn. Um, and yeah. I am still very new to photography. I'm still learning some of the basic elements of photography. Um, which is my sort of 2023 goal is to really get into the the deep side of photography and learn everything. Um, sure. I have sort of fumbled a bit because I got my camera in 2019 and then we all know what happened at the end of 2019. Um, not that we had a great deal of impact over here on the West Coast, but it did impact travel and impacted sort of motivation, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I am really looking forward to to getting my teeth right into the what I call the back end of photography in 2023. Fantastic. I I normally ask about people's goals, and that's obviously one of yours for for this year. Do you think it's important to have goals in your photography, or do you think it's more of a free flow thing for you? Um, for me, I have to have goals. Goals are, are what sort of drive me and, and set me up for for my day or my year or my life. Um, mm. My long term photography goal is I, I won't share all of it because some yeah, of yeah, that's sort fun. of you know. Um, but it includes living in a um, in a van and not, you know, that's my retirement plan is to live in a van and photograph um, and use my skills within my marketing roles that I'm in, my events roles that I uh, have been in previously plus my photography. So kind yeah. of goes into a big scheme that I, I do have planned. Um, and as you know, uh, the NFT photography world has come into this and that, that's become a very big part of my long-term mm. plan as well, which has cha changed some plans, but it's, it's an awesome, yeah, it's a goal that I have is just to be a photographer in my later years in life. Yeah, great, great. I think uh, there's a lot of people who have that goal and uh, I'm, I'm certainly one of them. I've, you know, as you can tell from looking at me, it's it, it's late in my life and um, I've, uh, I've recently uh, chucked in work and uh, decided, okay, photography is it and uh, giving it as, as big a crack as I can. Uh, one of my one of the other things I was meant to have arrived uh, back in November, but I'm uh, I'm actually the the proud owner of a, a motorhome that still hasn't been delivered. Won't be until Ooh. March. So uh, once once that arrives, then uh, no stopping. <laughs> that's super exciting. Yeah, I, um, yeah, that's amazing. That'll be fun. And are you just going to travel around Australia? Or? Yeah, my wife and I are uh, going to just jump in and go wherever the, the mood takes us so uh it's it's going to be exciting i think i think you know at some point we'd probably do the whole lap but you know we'll do shorter trips as well so you know i we, we don't have a, a a massive plan yet about how we're going to do everything that we want to do but there's there's bits and pieces of the plan coming together so um it got put off a little bit because of the uh the delay in manufacture that's uh yeah, it's just part of part of life now. You know, you sometimes have to wait for what you want. Yes, unfortunately, <laughs> there's no uh, last minute uh, buys at the moment. <laughs>
So in terms of your approach to photography in terms of art versus just recording what you see and or documentary photography, if you if, uh, want of a better term, where do you sit on that spectrum and how do you see yourself progressing? Is it more towards the artistic end or are you, you know, sticking firmly to the documentary end or somewhere in the middle? Um, I actually like the challenge of single image photography. So challenging myself to be able to take an image and present to whoever wants to see that image exactly what I've seen or close to. Obviously, we mm -hmm. enhance photos to suit whatever medium you're putting that photo on. Sure, um, sure. But no, I just, I, I do, I have a whole pile of images that I've, I've shot to test composites and see how I feel about doing them. I, it's just something that doesn't really, I guess, interest me. And I don't mean that in, in the way that I don't agree with it because I do because I love what people do, but it's just mm. not something I'm focusing on. I, I Yeah, I like the challenge of doing an astro shot with a single image. To yeah. me, that is that is such a, a, yeah, for me that's such an achievement, whereas to, to take a foreground shot and then to plonk a sky in, I'm like, well, that's not actually what people see. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think I'm I'm going to remain a little bit of a natural photographer as or as you say the documentary style. Um, I do enjoy I have photo stacked. Uh, ugh, is that the right term? Oh, you yeah, cut yeah. that bit out. Sorry. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> no. That's fine. That's that is the right term. Um, I have uh you know photo stacked an image just to test that out and I quite enjoy doing that as well I've got a whole pile that I shot when I was up on my trip in the Kimberley um yep. so yeah really looking forward to getting into that but I've actually only just been able to start editing properly in Lightroom in Photoshop because I've only just upgraded my Mac since I started photography yeah, um, yeah and as we all know that's something that can really impede anything that you do when you when you're editing and it crashes and my old Mac was literally crashing every edit step Ouch. um so, yes, yeah, so I was really losing my sort of motivation, whereas now I can sit down and edit for six hours straight and be, you know, totally in the zone for the whole time. So that's a, that's a really good experience. Yeah. So when you're going into the field and going shooting, are you doing a lot of planning beforehand or is it more of a spontaneous activity? Um, some shots, yes. Some shots, no. Sometimes I'll just see the clouds in the afternoon and, and realise that those clouds are going to produce a beautiful sunset mm -hmm. um, and I'll go to wherever I can get. I do play a bit of um, what I call beach bingo here, yep. um, which is drive along the coast and whatever car park you can happen to get at sunset, that's where you <laughs> shoot from. Um, it's a bit of fun, to be honest. Um, sometimes you end up at a beach that's really not, you know, a nice scene as much as you would think every beach is a nice scene. Um, a lot of shots that I do where it's landscape based, um, so an astro shot, that's obviously planned. I've got one that I've attempted three years in a row now down south um, where the Milky Way only lines up in a certain, in the spot that I need it to get this shot. Yeah. Um, yeah in a you know one week in the year and there's one other photographer in WA that knows of this shot that I'm trying to get um basically because I got too worried down there one time and said are you here come down <laughs> um so I um but the weather's just gone against me on that one um okay. yeah so it it really depends I've got places I want to go to places that I've found when I've been driving around that I want to go back and shoot a particular shot and I've seen it 
Um, a lot of it is I just wake up in the morning and go, all right, I'm going to go out and drive out three hours and shoot somewhere and just find something. Um, I do like chance photography as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit the same. There's some things that I really plan for and there's others that I just go and, you know, where yeah. I, I like the beach bingo term, actually. I might, I might steal that one. Oh, you're welcome to it. I love it. It's, um, I, yeah. I, but I'm, I'm usually, because I'm, I'm an hour away, an hour away from the coast, I'm usually doing the bingo in my head on the way towards <laughs> whatever. Whatever set of beaches. <laughs> I'm lucky. I'm in a suburb called Scarborough, which is a yeah, beach. Yeah, I know Scarborough suburb. quite well. Um, so, yeah, my local beach is five minutes from my house. Nice. Um, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, really great. One of the main beaches I shoot at North Beach is where I actually was, well, the suburb that I was born in, um, which is only sort of eight minutes from where I am. So, yeah, it's mm. good. So for, for the ones that you're planning for, what, level of planning are you putting into them as you said you've waited three years to try and get one particular shot and with astro i guess i'm i'm kind of kind of excluding that from this part of the conversation a little bit because that's obviously only at certain times of the year that certain things are going to line up and be where you want them for for the shot uh but for the you know a landscape shot or a sunset shot that you you've never done say a beach that you, you've not done before and you want a you want a particular you know alignment with the sun and whatever what sort of planning are you putting into it is it hours days minutes probably i would probably say days I'll, I'll usually go down there you know before i take the shot or before i think i'm going to be able to get the shot obviously clouds and weather play such a big part so that shot may not work for weeks on end um, we have a lovely thing over here called the free mental doctor, which yep. everyone loves photographers, not so much because you can be shooting in some pretty gnarly, um, yeah. some wind it's, you know, doesn't stop you of course, cause that's why we have tripods and all sorts. But, um, a lot of places that I've gone to where the waves just, you know, wash up, I think New Year's Eve, I was shooting, um, down at North beach where I go every New Year's Eve. And just as I think you and I have joked about it, the, the wave got me up to the neck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I got the shot, so who cares? But yes, yeah, so I suppose I do. I do a fair bit of planning around with photo pills for lining up the shot. Um, I'll usually go down and check the tide as well to see what sort of tides coming up for if I want the water movement style shot. Um, yeah, and then it's just watching the weather if it's going to be a, a real windy night or if it's going to be still. If we have clouds, what sort of clouds we're going to have? Um, I've somewhat become a bit of a sunset cloud expert so i could sort of look at a cloud in you know five in the afternoon i'm i'm very lucky i get to drive home towards the beach um, which yeah. is where our sunset is here so i get to sort of have a look at the clouds and go oh that's going to be a nice pink one tonight or that'll be orange or so yeah a, a bit of planning goes into it and again it just depends you know some days i finish work and the last thing i want to do is go and shoot and i don't i don't force myself to shoot now uh, whereas yeah, i think i did sure. before I force myself to shoot every day. Now I shoot when I feel I want to or if I plan a weekend away shooting. Nice. In terms of the – sorry, I'll, I'll start that again. You mentioned the uh, that you've got marketing skills and uh, experience in, in that realm. How much of your success would you attribute to your ability to communicate and – you know communicate well um none okay i i'm i 
really do not like speaking in about my work. I don't like speaking about me. Um, you do okay. an <laughs> As a marketer, I, I've always called myself, and I can hear a few little comments going to come up about the term I'll use, but I'm, I like to be in the background. Um, as an events manager, I was always the person in the background that, that yeah. made everything come together. I, I never sought sort of accolades. And same with marketing. I'm happy to just be that person in the background that makes it all come together and, and we're done. Um, it's only actually, and I hate to, I, I'm, I'm not sort of pitching or spruiking, but it's actually being in the NFT space that's made me learn to speak. Um, I, I, public speaking makes me actually feel ill. Um, and really? it's been in spaces um, on over on Twitter where, you know, we do a lot of our marketing for NFTs. It's getting into spaces and speaking in there that I actually learnt to speak it, to speak without my lip shaking and my teeth chattering and absolutely, you know, thinking I'm just going to throw the phone in a bucket of water so I don't have to speak. Mm. Um, and, you know, there's a community of people over there that have taught me that. And I've, I've a couple of times at marketing events over here in Perth, they've mentioned NFTs and they've referred the mic to me and I've got up and spoken. So, nice. and I've never been able to, I, and I'm talking in an actual passive, a, a, a real fear of speaking. Um, yeah. So I guess well, this is public speaking. nobody listens to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. And other than this, but even this, this had me filled with absolute fear doing it. And I was like, hold up, just treat it like it's a Twitter space. And I know that I've spoken to you in a Twitter space That's as well. Exactly so it. It, it's, it's no different. Yeah. It's no different. So, yeah, I I don't really think my marketing has helped a great deal. I think my photography has helped my marketing more. Mm, interesting. interesting. Um, the job that I'm in now, they get a photographer and a marketer. Um, so nice. yeah. really good on your CV just quietly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that doesn't surprise me. How would you define success in your photography? And I don't necessarily mean commercial success, though that might be your main game. In general, what what's success in your photography mean to you? I think producing an image that makes me happy. Mm. It's I don't know if that's selfish or not selfish, but yeah, I, I think it's so. producing producing an image that absolutely you know there's moments when you shoot and you completely are overwhelmed by the beauty of what you're seeing and if you can put that into a camera and then take it back out of that camera and give that to people and they can see what that beauty that you've just captured to me that's a that's success that's that's a win for me yeah right right how do you balance your full-time work and your photography i have a very awesomely understanding boss to the point that I'll even get a message from him saying, oh, I've just checked the, he's a boaty. So I've just checked the, you know, the the cameras and the clouds are looking really good. Are you storm chasing this afternoon? Or um, I just, yeah, I, some days I get home and I my brain will not process anything else other than what I've done during the day. So that's mm -hmm. my night off. Um, but like I've said, my photography is my relaxing. So to yeah. finish a day at work and then go and shoot, and then spend a weekend editing is, I, I can't think of anything more beautiful to do with your time. Um, Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> In terms of marketing your personal brand, how important is that? And do you have any tips for people that might work for them? Um, for me, it's very important. Um, integrity is the most important thing to me in the world. Um 
marketing my personal brand has been hard because I've, for me, I guess I I have a, a, a hyphenated name, which is the worst thing you can possibly have for anything in marketing or travel or pretty much anything. Um, so I can't use my just first name initials, my last name initials, which is VW, because I don't know, there's a company that may not like that. If I Yeah, use you that might, might get a... Might get a bit of pushback from someone. <laughs> <laughs> so I use VLW, which is Vicky Louise White. Um, so to me, I've just, I guess I just came up, I don't know, it just came to me when I was first started in 2016. I thought, well, I have to go and reserve myself a, you know, a handle on all the sorts of bits and pieces. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I think marketing yourself, I think you should always have, you should be open and honest and be a bit vulnerable but not be so vulnerable that you shock people um that's my only advice I'd, I'd give is yeah you don't need to share absolutely everything that's going on behind mm. the scenes of your photography or your life um in yeah. order yeah. to to market yourself that's my biggest one um and i i guess i keep different genres of photography apart if you're promoting on social media or using social media which we all do and it's part of photography um, if I am shooting, I don't know, night scenes or street photography, which I dabbled in slight, a little bit, um, never really kicked off for me because, I don't know, it wasn't my scene. Um, I had a separate account for that. So that that's just me personally. If if I've got a follower that wants landscape images, they're probably not going to want to see your food photography on that same feed. Um, so that's my only thing I would say is think about yeah. whether you keep that separate or not. Um, and you can link it all together anyway. Yeah, that's that, that's it, and you, and they've finally got around to giving you tools that you can manage those linked accounts in a more cohesive manner than than it used to be. <laughs> yeah, uh, one of the big ones that I'm using is Linktree um, as well. So yeah. Linktree is a really good tool that a lot of people may not realise how good it is. Um, you can just put a link to every single thing that you've got, um, yeah. your website, your other social media. I've got a few virtual galleries now for my what I call my Web Two photography, so just that matches my website, um, and then my Web Three photography is also in a separate gallery, so I keep those separated because I, I believe they should be. Um, but yeah. yeah. In terms of the marketing skills that you do have, how have you applied that? To I mean, you you just mentioned they're separating out, and you mentioned before reserving a a brand the vlw photography brand how much of that sort of came from your background in marketing and how much was oh it's just obvious i've got to do this um i think most of it is it's just obvious to me that's what you need to do um i think keeping a cohesive brand is something i've learned through my marketing role um mm. i'm known as the brand police in most roles that I've had. Um, and I always believe that if you drop your logo or a selection of your images on the ground, can someone walk past those and go, oh, that's VLWs or that's Grants or yeah, yeah. You, you know what I mean? So with your logo, like I know that the logo on your um, with your Grants Swinburne photography logo, I know that that's your logo. So I know if I saw that on the ground, I know who whose that is. So I guess it's it's that brand awareness. Um, and whether that brand is you as a person and your name and just your personal photo or whether it's actually a logo that you've created 
Um, I think that's really important. And it doesn't mean you have to slap your logo on every single photo you take. We've all yeah. do it at the beginning of our photography journey. I've, I've never go, done oh. <laughs> Well, I was told that you had to, so I did. And then uh, I went, I don't want to, so I'm not going to. <laughs> I, I watermark them on my website because, A, I can, and B, they're slightly larger files than you're going to get in Facebook, et cetera, et cetera, and higher quality. So I just don't want them being nicked more than anything. Yeah. My uh, website but other is... than that, yeah, on, on social media, I don't think I've ever posted an image with a, with a watermark on it. Yeah, I did in the early days. <laughs> I, um, I've i kept my Instagram account. I've actually kept my very early photos, which, you know, your horizons, you have to bend your head to to get the horizons straight. <laughs> um, and I've actually had quite a few people say to me, you should remove it. It doesn't look professional. And for me, it shows my progression. It shows yeah. Yeah. where I started in 2016 to where I am now, which I'm so phenomenally proud of where I am now. I've, you, you know, I, I've, I've learned so much in in, the, in that short amount of time, um, but yeah, yeah I, sure. I I can honestly say I've, I've I've never really worried too much about curating, particularly Instagram. Um, you won't see very many personal photos. You might see a, the odd story. Um, you're likely to see more coming from the wife than you will from me. Um, that's when she posts, which is probably once in a blue moon. <laughs> but everything else is just there. It's just they're, they're the shots that I took at that time and, yeah, it's it's never been a, a thing. I've always wondered, though, because, I mean, oh, probably in the first year or two using Instagram, started looking around and seeing what some of the other, you know, people with larger followings and whatever were doing and what why they were doing it or trying to find out why they were doing it. I never really understood that highly curated, uh, you know, I remember seeing somebody who had something like uh, 100,000 followers but only 12 posts. And it was like, yeah, you're not going to get 100,000 unless you bought them, you know, you're not going to get that following. Yes, your quality's there, not not knocking the quality, but seriously, you've only got 12 posts? <laughs> yeah, like, I, I that's think, weird. <laughs> I think the sort of rise of the dreaded reels, as us still photographers say, mm. um, is actually a good thing for photography because you can showcase behind the scenes. And I love doing a little behind-the-scene video. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be... You know, you don't have to get in front of the camera. I, I don't like being in front of a camera. I'd rather people see what I'm seeing, not me, because that's, that's not what we're there for. Um, stories, I find, are really good for doing a little bit more personal so people can actually get to know you a bit more. So whether, you know, everyone knows me come summer, I will, you'll hear me ranting about don't walk your dog in the middle of the day. And I'll be posting on, you know, my Instagram because yeah. I believe that if there's people in Perth that follow, hey, I'm going to use my my Instagram to remind people sure, um, sure. that and that is something that I'm horrifically passionate about. <laughs> <laughs> and fair enough, you know, it, it can get exceedingly hot, very dry as well, which is one of the things that uh, is quite different here. And you, usually if it gets up to 35, 36 degrees, it also is accompanied by about 85, 90% humidity. So everyone's just well, sweating. I, <laughs> just chatting with some friends in Canada, the the other day and um, we're talking about humidity and they're like oh 
no, it had to be humid, humid in Perth. And I'm like, well, the other day it was 14% humidity. Yeah. Whereas the next day it could be 50%. So we do vary just so quickly, but we're not tropical. No, this is it. But also, you know, you combine a a 38, 39 degree day and 14% humidity and you're going to dehydrate pretty quickly. It's just so beautiful. (laughs) You don't sweat. It's just hot. That's it. Well, yeah. (laughs) The fact that you're not sweating is probably a sign that you've dehydrated. (laughs) (laughs) Where do you like to shoot? What's obviously the beaches around Perth are your, your regulars, but aside from that, where whereabouts do you enjoy shooting? Um, my new favourite spot that I want to go back to, and I'm trying to convince my boss that we need an office in Kununurra. Um, <laughs> I just recently, in August, went up to the East Kimberley and. For those people that aren't sort of don't really know what Perth is like, Perth is quite flat um as in ranges we've got the darling range out the back of perth but Mm. it's quite flat so i'm really grateful that we have a beautiful ocean with the sun setting over it (laughs) but i got up to the east kimberley and there with the textures and the colors and i was just like a little kid in a candy store yeah it um yeah i i really want to get back up there and do some more shooting I, i want to spend yeah probably a good month up there just shooting and um, a lot of landscape, a lot of, yeah. I sort of, I like our, I like going out to our wheat belt region because it's really dry and vast and just arid looking. I love those scenes. Um, I definitely want to get a bit more into this sort of Salt Lake scenes. There's a little area um, to the northeast of us um, that I'm. Are I'm you talking playing. aerials for that or are you? Um, no, I am tempted to get a drone. It has been mentioned a couple of times in my conversations lately. Um, but I love being able to get, I just like the challenge of a, a camera and I know everyone loves a drone shot. I just, I like the camera. I like the tactile mm. feeling of the camera. I like the physical, finding the settings. I like stuffing up the settings and then having to go back and do it. You know, I love all of that. It's, yeah, I, I actually like the physical process of taking a photograph um, and I'm not sure if I'll get that with a drone. I think the drone, to me, may feel a little bit more back when I was iPhone photography, so it's more, it feels more like a game, not so much yeah. as a... No, and I, I don't mean that in any disrespectful way to a oh. drone photographer's. <laughs> because there are and the thing is i do have a vision for what i want to do with a drone that i've not seen anyone do yet um okay. so that's kind of i'm almost swayed um yeah but you know definitely there's a lot of spots i want to get out to um it's a lot of spots i want to reshoot so that i did go out to when i was an iphone photographer um and i want to get back out there with the camera and reshoot yeah um because, yeah, the, the iPhone photos are good and you can print them up large. I've printed them up to 100 um, centimetres long. Yep. But you just, yeah, you don't get that next level quality that you do with a camera. Yeah, the, that extra you. level of detail that you, you just miss yeah. out on because of the small Yeah, sensor. and that's what was frustrating me with the iPhone is I just, it started annoying me and I started noticing the faults. Um, 
but that's just me personally. That's my yeah. I, I knew I needed. To be honest, though, I think a lot of photographers, you know, you you buy an entry level camera even, or you just start off with point and shoots, and mm. you get to a point where you're hitting the physical limits of the gear that you've got, and you yeah. then have to progress i'm not saying everybody I, I know some people that i know some beginners and i've had beginner clients of mine on workshops at whatever you know, and they turn up with a you know an r3 you know with the the latest R, rf lenses and whatever and it's like okay i can teach you you know a bit about how to use that to get the best but you've probably missed out a little bit on some of those steps of progression where you actually hit those limits of the gear and that then drives you to I've got to get a bigger and better sensor or better lenses or whatever it is. Absolutely. No, I um, when I first switched or was thinking about switching, I had, you know, I put the put it out to sort of the photographers that I know and said, all right, guys, what am I getting? What do I do? Um. And had a lot of people say, oh, just get entry level, see how you feel. And I'm like, no, I sort of feel like I want to go as high as I possibly can um, without bankrupting myself um, because I'm in this for real. This isn't just something I think I like. I think this is something that I know I want to make, that I know I love and that I want to make something out of it um, for my in, in my future life. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, that's kind of what I was saying, though. You were hitting the limits of the previous camera, which Absolutely. was your iPhone, where it was kind of like, okay, I've got to go bigger and better because if I don't, I'm missing out on something, you know. Yeah. And that, that's the biggest thing is not holding yourself back by yeah. what you have, have at the time. Obviously, where you live influences quite a bit about what you shoot, as you say, sunsets and, uh, and so forth. Does it influence how you shoot? Oh, I don't know. I think it does in terms that some really good spots in WA could be a four-hour drive or a four-hour plane trip away. Um, sure, sure. So I guess in a sense, yes. I don't know if I've answered that one in the right <laughs> way. I'm not sure if I've answered It's your answer. That's properly. fine. <laughs> <laughs> If you had so, bar, barring the retirement plan of getting in the the motorhome and driving around Australia or whatever, if you could retire at one of the places that you've shot at, where would that be? Oh, Kimberley. Yeah. Pananara. Easy. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah, I. Yeah, I, I'm just blown away by the by how beautiful it was up there, and I think I also. Um, I just connected to the place and I'm not sure why. I, I don't know. I don't know the reasoning behind it. Um, but, yeah, something happened up there that was pretty phenomenal. Um, yeah. Fantastic. That, that that sounds like it leads into my next question, which is what's your most memorable photographic experience? Um, Kimberly. <laughs> <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> surprise, surprise. It was Injunup Beach. Um, Injunup Beach in the southwest of um, WA is a spot that I, if I drive to go to Margaret River or anywhere down south, I have mm. to pull in there. I've tried not to, but I'll drive an hour and then I'll go, uh, no, I have to turn around and go back and spend at least a morning just watching the waves shooting there. Um, but unfortunately it got pipped by the uh, Kimberley, which is not as easy to get to. <laughs> um, we went to a spot, so I was up there on a workshop 
a dream photography workshop. So it was astrophotography, eight days of just shooting, um, being driven around the, the you know, to the most amazing locations. We had um, Ben Broadworth um, and Trent Bloomfield were the, the nice. workshop leaders. So two of the, you know, amazing photographers to learn from. Um, and we went to a place up at the Bungle Bungles, which alone was that that was a dream of mine to see the bungle bungles um since mm. i'm 13 i've 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 heard about them and i've seen photos of them and i've just thought that it's that somewhere i need to go and see um and he organized they organized a shoot for us in cathedral gorge which you have to walk through sort of this track with all these palm trees and the ground there's white sand like you're at a beach yep but everything around you is this bright Kimberly red as they call it up there yeah, and we yeah. went to this spot where it just had this really murky looking swamp I suppose in there which was odd because it was water in a spot that really water shouldn't have been to me yeah. and um went in there and as we were walking in I was sort of I was really emotional because I was actually at the Bungle Bungle range and for me that was just a, a life tick I've, I've done something in, that I've wanted to do for my whole life but as we were walking in there, there was sort of three of the, um, oh, I forgot what they're called, the common crow butterflies flying okay. around up top. Mm. And it was sort of just this moment where I went, okay, so a, a butterfly to me is sort of a bit of a tick that go ahead and do whatever you're doing. Um, and that's always been something that's been around me in photography. Sure. Um, and we got into the, to the gorge and we'd brought dinner with us and, Ben had organised uh, playing Gurumul, which is uh, he's a late uh, Indigenous singer with yep. the most beautiful voice you will ever hear in your life. And he had that playing, so that really didn't help the emotions. <laughs> but as we were setting up, sort of the Milky Way was coming out of this, you know, appearing in the sky and it was just, I, I was just overwhelmed with, I think, everything. But just it was, I explain it, it was like when you do... Um, gong yoga which if you haven't done it you do gong yoga at sound therapy so you reach a stage where you just you kind of break but it's a good break it's it's mm -hmm. like you release anything that you've been holding on to sure. and i sort of had this personal moment where yeah i just broke completely and whether that was sort of you know from my previous stuff that had been going on in my life or what it was but my life literally changed at that moment taking that photo um and being in that place and Fantastic. it was just it really just set my whole I guess trajectory of the rest of my life for me in that one moment um in photography and in my personal life and it was really just the most beautiful moment I've ever experienced I've had people say oh you know you're going to sell that photograph and I, I said no that's no that's in the vault that's in the Vicky vault as I call it that's not going anywhere <laughs> um I've, I've shared it online but I will never ever sell that image um that's that won't be going anywhere. Well, we've talked about the highs. What about the lows? Everyone's got horror stories in their photography. <laughs> what, what's yours? Oh, I guess mine, besides being a complete klutz. Oh, um, we can all do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, ne I nearly um, fell off a rock this morning and into the, into the water. <laughs> well, unless you've been uh, switched from your little um, bag that used to hold your iPhone to a big camera bag on your back and got stuck under a fence and actually have been hanging <laughs> on that fence <laughs> because you're stuck with your camera bag and had to wait for someone to come and get you off who, mind you, was 
rather nice gentleman that came and helped, <laughs> but absolutely mortified. But no, that's my most embarrassing moment. Um, my uh, my horror one would probably be I'd organise a, a Salt Lake out in a I won't say the town because I don't want to completely diss the town because it is sure, a beautiful. Sure. Um, about three hours inland from Perth, and I knew that the Milky Way was going to line up at this particular tree over a Salt Lake. I had it all good to go, booked my accommodation there, turned up, and um, this caravan part, there was not one person in it, nobody at all, and it's a very small outback country town, not the sort of place you sort of want to be walking around on your own. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I turned up, and I sort of stood there and went, oh, well, I've committed. I I couldn't drive back. It was too late. And um, thank goodness this older couple pulled up their caravan, and um, they actually said, oh, we don't know if we want to stay here, so can you camp on my, because I had a little cabin. Yeah. I said, well, can you camp on my front lawn and we'll be safe together? <laughs> so they end up, we end up chatting and they end up coming with me to do this astro shot because they didn't want to stay on their own either. <laughs> so they came out with me to this salt lake and I had planned this shot around, obviously, the Milky Way being in the right spot. We also had a lot of um, bushfires that particular time so around the Perth local area. So the, the smoke was really, you know, not a, a good thing to be around. I'd got through a couple of bushfires out to get there, which was all cool. But then by the time I got out there, all the farmers were actually burning off their paddocks. So uh-huh. I'd actually driven into a worse fire area in terms of <laughs> smoke than what it was near Perth. Yeah, just, just what you want with Astro. Just awesome. And then I got out to this lake and I had studied this lake. I knew through Google Maps and um, Google Earth that this was where the spot that I needed to be. I got my photo pills and, you know, lined up everything that I needed. Drove out there and the local council had turned it into a tip. Nice. Now I can't get my head past the fact that they turned a salt lake that's a natural environment into a tip. No. But the fact that this entire that, that's scene that's anyway. But... <laughs> this entire scene was just a tip site. And I just stood there and I went, Okay, so I'm on an astro tip. That's my joke. <laughs> so I ended up shooting astro over a tip because I just I couldn't get to other spots that I wanted to go to just because I didn't I realize this either that a lot of salt lakes out in the wheat belt are on private property mm. and you can't go on them and i'm like oh, hold up but it's a salt lake isn't it like a natural environment that we all have access to so bit of a lesson learned <laughs> it um yeah so that was probably my biggest failed and slightly expensive what, what did the couple say they were just laughing they just they'd brought their um <laughs> wine out and their crackers and they were just sitting back having an absolute laugh at me and it was yeah it was really good but they did uh sort of show me a spot that I'm going to go out to this year um, that they went to and they actually took photographs and they were so amazed by it and I've not seen it before shot with Astro. So, yeah, I need to remember where I've pinned where I think it is. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to try and get out there. But I think that might be a car camp. or Not that I'd car camp because that's illegal. Um, But, yeah, it might be a car camp spot. (laughs) Don't tell. (laughs) Don't tell anyone. (laughs) What have you learned about the world through photography? To be honest, how lucky we are mm. to just live in, and not just where I photograph, but where other photograph, other photographers photograph. We just live in the most beautiful place. It's, yeah. And, and for, for what I've learned where I live in WA, I live in a, in a state where it's a mixture of sort of the Caribbean. It's got a bit of the, you know, Utah desert. There's, it's just so beautiful. 
and there's so much more to see and explore and photograph um, that aren't those sort of generic photos that you see. Um, mm. Yeah, I think that's just just where we are is so beautiful. Fantastic. I want to touch a little bit on how you take your photos and I guess part of that is when you turn up on location when it's not an astro tip, for example, <laughs> what what are you doing are you do you for your plan stuff obviously there's going to be places where you know you want to stand but even then sometimes you might want to look for different angles are you that sort of photographer or you just go plonk the tripod that's where i'm going and you, you stand there for the rest of the day and take your take your shots or do you oh, tend no. to move around a lot no i'm a mover i um i sort of look at I think it might come from iPhone photography is when you when you used to shoot with an iPhone, I'd come home with a thousand odd photos and I'd maybe get one photo out of there that I was happy with. And obviously that was early on and learning. Sure, sure. Um, but I sort of believe I, I always aim to come away with four good comps out of every shoot. Yeah. Um, and not every comp, because it's the ocean, the ocean moves. We don't have a choice where the waves are going to go. Mm -hmm. um you know if i'm shooting reflections that the reflection lasts for a second you, you've got less than a second to shoot that shot mm -hmm. um so quite often i'll just yeah i'll be moving walking i've started at one beach and walked you know four beaches down and found a shot that i like more yeah, yeah. um and even if it's the same stretch of coastline that i'm on i can find a different shot every every day because the, the ocean just changes so dramatically. It's, you know, one day you've got rocks, the next day the rocks have gone and it's white sand, which I still can't get my head around how that happens, but it does. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm a, I think when it comes to setting up, I'm, I know where I'm going. I go there with a the plan of not just having one shot or one composition. I always try and sort of different styles and different things. I'm always trying different things as well. It's, yeah, and whether they work or not, that's fine. I, I'm happy if I don't come away with the shot. I'm yep. happy if I've come away and I've learned something. Yeah, or learned nice. not to do something. That's great. Do you prefer shooting alone or with other people? A bit of both, probably alone more, um, because I just I go out and I I get into a zone and I just go. Um, I don't want to have to say, oh, I'm moving over here. There's a couple of photographers that I have been out with, and we just turn up and you'll end up five beaches away from each other and then message saying, hey, I've gone home, see you. Yeah. Um, so there are photographers that completely understand that, you know, you just sort of go off. Um, when it comes to, you know, sort of astro or storm, storm photography is something I've recently gotten into, um, not very well either because I've only just got my almost first lightning shot, um, but I really i have got a few goals I want to kick there. Um, yeah, that yeah. I am probably going to get a couple of locals and go out with them um, just more for the learning the somewhat of a safety side of it because um, it's a storm. There's not a great deal of, you know, stuff that you can follow. But, I, yeah, I think I'm more of a solo shooter. I just, you know, I can end up driving two hours to shoot somewhere and then end up driving four hours in the opposite direction. Mm. Um, yeah. I, I quite often I'll just leave on a Sunday morning at four in the morning and drive somewhere and just see what I, see what I find. Um, yeah. I yeah. love doing that. I think that's just that's a really cool way to do photography as well. Mm, great. How about when you've got the shot and or you've got your four comps or 
what whatever it is that you, you're pretty happy with. Are you straight back in uh, to the the laptop and into editing straight away, or do you leave things for a while and let them sort of germinate and sprout a, a little bit later? Um, I think I go in and I do a first run through. If, if it's if I'm really excited about it and I know yep. that I've got you know the shot as we call it. Um, I'll go straight in. Um, I tend to edit. I guess my, I haven't really worked out my new editing style now that I'm not crashing a computer through <laughs> every step. Um, so I can actually spend a good, you know, four or five hours editing. So I guess for me, that's weekend time. Um, I guess I use the evenings at the moment for sort of culling down and getting, you know, the best shots that I like. Yep. But I'm finding that I'll go back the next day and I don't like those shots anymore and I like the ones that I rejected. So okay. I'm not sure if that's self-doubt or if that's something all photographers go through. Maybe you could expand on that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I'm finding that I'm editing and then I'm looking at it the, a day later or a week later and I go, oh, what on earth were you thinking there? Yeah. I, uh, myself, I tend to cull fairly quickly, edit the ones that I think I like and see where I can take them. Sometimes halfway through the edit, it's like, no, nah, this isn't working. And I... Oh, phew, I do that too. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I get there and go, eh, no. I did. And sometimes it's it might just be a process of taking it back a couple of steps and yeah. re maybe redoing or doing different steps, you know, or does it look better in black and white? Sometimes, you know, if it's a more abstract image, does it look better if I you know, rotate it 90, 180 degrees. Sometimes that works, you know, uh, particularly for aerials. I always, always look at things um, that way. One of the, actually, somebody, I can't remember who it was, taught me a trick even with other landscapes. Flip it 180 degrees and if it still looks good, it's probably a good image. Ah, Red McGann taught me that recently. Okay, yeah. Um, and what he, what that means is you're looking at it in an abstract or an alternative way, and what it will show you is where your image might be unbalanced or your composition might be unbalanced, for example, um, because when you're looking at it in that, you know, 180 degrees, you're not looking at it, you're looking largely at shapes, not at it as a landscape per se. Um, and so I sometimes do that if I'm if I'm unsure I'll I'll flip it 180 degrees. There's others which I, you know, I look at and I go, yeah, I nailed that. <laughs> They're rare, but that happens. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, for for me though, I I tend to get in pretty quick and and start looking at them. Though there are other images that I've found little gems that I discarded or just didn't notice in the first pass. And I might find them, you know, weeks, months, years later. Yeah, I've I've got a few um some shots I took up north that I, I just haven't got my head into yet. I shot from a open helicopter. Uh-huh. Um for the first time. So it it was I actually went when I went on the trip it was an optional extra and I was like, Oh, I'm not getting in a helicopter, no way. Like as if. Um and we're in the bungles and it was Ben and a Queensland photographer, Gav, um, and Emma, who's Victorian, 
who dared me and they go, just do it, just get in there, just go. And I sort of I had a little bit of a kitty for anything that I may want to do oh, up there. And I've gone, yeah, okay, let's go, guys. And I was just like, oh, my God, what have I said yes to? And we ended up getting a really a bad lighting time. So it was 1 or 2 o'clock in the afternoon. There were horrific bushfires up there. So it was smoky. So these photos are just so smoky. Um, but Isn't that what dehazing is for? Yeah, I well, because I only had my old no 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 because I only had my old laptop when I got back from the trip. I I really couldn't get into the editing because it just yeah. it wasn't a, a an environment that was concentrating. Um, so I'm looking forward to I'm actually going to set a day aside of where I just find like I've culled down. I know the shots, um, but Trent actually lent me Dale's lens um, to go up with, which is one of the most beautiful on I was just absolutely petrified I was like I'm just overwhelmed that he'd lent me this lens um so yeah I it's probably going to take me some time looking at those shots and yeah, and no. feeling and finding the ones that I want to share I'm yeah. um, just because that's just a real special sort of moment um but as it was we got to the last day after the workshop finished and we had a spare day and one of the girls and I just went let's go in another helicopter <laughs> <laughs> so we went up again. <laughs> Pretty sure I could have bought a drone by now. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so they're not they're not cheap the... trips on the on the chopper or uh, no, but light the... aircraft. I was talking to Mika Boynton, who uh, used to shoot up in the Kimberley quite a bit, um, and she was saying she does quite a bit of aerial photography from a plane. And yeah, she says that's one of the things that she's really. I, I guess very cautious of is the expense that it, it, it you know, you've got to kind of pick and choose where you go. <laughs> oh, I sort of, you know, once in a lifetime trip that I had. Yeah, absolutely. I always look at it that way. You, it, it, if I, when, when am I ever coming back here is the question I ask myself. When, when am I going to get back here and be able to do this again? And if the answer is, a long time in the future then just go for it and do it <laughs> and that's exactly how i went i just went you know when am i ever going to get you know i may get to do it again and i hope i do and absolutely know, a plan but let's take advantage of this moment that we're in at the you know in now so yeah i i have zero regrets i've yeah it was so much fun <laughs> absolutely so much fun i came back i was like okay how do i we actually had a helicopter lift some equipment for work um, and we set up, you know, videos and stuff. And then yep. I, I said to the boss, oh, sorry, I only shoot from helicopters now with doors off. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> not doing that one, thanks. <laughs> uh, do, you, do you print any of your work? Um, yes. I My house, I have all of my first... Probably in my first year of iPhone photography, I got a lot of my shots printed and I actually have mm -hmm. them hanging up because they inspire me to do better. Okay. Um, cool. None of them I'm not proud of. I've, you know, one of my first shots that I shot down at Ingenite Beach is is hanging proudly on my wall. One of the most beautiful sunsets I've ever experienced where sort of this, the ground, the water pulled on the ocean mm -hmm. and it was so red that you actually couldn't tell where your eyes were going or, or what was land, what was sky. Um, that hangs in my kitchen and I see that every day. I um, it's. I think you have to personally print your images and hang them somewhere in your house. I think you have to use it as a 
I suppose, a base from maybe where you've started to where you're going. Um, I do sell prints. I've sold quite a few prints, which still surprises me every day. Um, That's that's just something that I sort of get a buzz out of. Um, Yeah, I I like once a year I try and also donate a print to a charity fundraiser. Nice. Um, Unfortunately, we have a lot of, as you guys would know, over the other side of the country, we have a lot of bushfires. There's ever a bushfire. I'm sort of fundraiser. I'm one of the first. So I'll always put my hand up and say, "Hey, I'd love yeah. to be involved." Um, but no, definitely print. It's my biggest tip to anyone: is print some of your images up. You don't have to get them. You know, yeah, they don't meters, have to be blown up, meters. framed. Yeah, yeah. I've got mine. I use a local printer over here who's a photographer as well. Yeah. Um, and I've had some of mine professionally framed, and I have them hanging here. They're iPhone shots, but they're all the shots that make me realize why i love what i do and why i want to become better at what i do that's fantastic have you ever hit a creative wall oh yes all the time i do i actually do i um i'm not sure if it's because my daytime role is so creative sometimes the creativity is sapped out of me um Mm. but i've actually learned I, i do a lot of sort of yoga and all those sort of things and i'm lucky enough to go for walks at the beach which you know are are good to clear your mind um i have gone through some really rough a really rough stage where i actually doubted if i even was a photographer um it's just i don't know if that's i don't know where it comes from um and i i just got really stuck and i actually called on um a West Australian photographer here, Hamish Stubbs, and I said, "Yep, what do I do? Um, and he has become, and obviously knowing him through Dale, he's become sort of the person, he said, do you want me to do a critique of all your work? I'm like, no. I said, I'm in too much of a foul mode that if you critique my work, I'm probably going to sell my camera. <laughs> um, wow. Because I was that down on my photography. I was really, really quite, I don't know, I don't know what happened. I don't know what time what sort of time of year it was or what was going on um and then sort of two days later I went oh hold up you've got this absolutely phenomenal photographer offering to critique your work mm-hmm. you can learn so much here and I said all right go and he did and he took screenshots of everything he said this is where I think you could improve on this, this is where I could think you could improve on that um I ended up booking four days down in Augusta which is sort of the very bottom of WA yep and I'm um, just stayed in a cabin down there and photographed for four days straight, did not talk to anyone, did just literally got up sunrise, sunset, da- even daytime. You know, I got in the water. I was shooting in the water. I love doing a bit of water photography as well. Yeah. Um, and I've had people say that whatever happened on that trip changed my photography. I said it wasn't what happened on that trip. It's the critique I got before I went on that trip. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess having someone that you trust – to critique your work um i think and everyone needs to do it every I, now and again yeah i also think the important thing is that the cr- critique is done in the right way i mean you can you you can ask somebody to critique their work your work and they could you know say tell you everything that's wrong with it but not necessarily yeah. do that in a way that actually builds you up and says here's where you can improve here's what you would do differently yeah. and that's the key is that critique needs to be 
a, a positive critique that actually says, okay, well, these are the things that I would do differently, you know. Absolutely. That way then you have that growth, I think, and the ability then to extend that into, into your own work later on. Absolutely. And I think also I try and go in a workshop every year um, yeah. or I go to something photography involved. So I know um, Rem again from down south, he's a big wave photographer down here, um, yeah. and he did a talk at our local camera shop and I went along to that because I wanted to hear you have to hear other people's passion sometimes in order Definitely. to sort of switch yeah. yours, um, whether you're in a rough or not. But if you think you've learned everything you have about photography or whatever your skill set might be, then you're in the wrong space. You have Definitely. to always learn, always. If you, you, you can never know too much. Um, I haven't quite got into watching a lot of videos and things only because I find them, they actually I, – I don't have the attention span for it, to be honest. I'll, um, I'll be watching it and then I'll go off and do something and I'll forget that I'm watching it because I'll, I mean, I can I can drive to the local shop to do shopping and end up driving six hours and do a photograph. It's sort of, you know, that I'm very, yeah, it's very random how I plan things. Um, some things I meticulously plan. Sometimes, yeah, I'll, I think my shots that I did up at Lancelot and Sand Dunes, I actually went to Perth City Mm. which is 20 minutes south from where I am. The sunrise wasn't looking good, so I managed to drive an hour and a half north to do a sunrise shoot in a sand dune that, you know, was completely unplanned. But that's sort of how my mornings go. Yeah, I tend to just go with whatever I feel on that day. (laughs) Uh, I I think that's fantastic, though, being able to do that. It's, yeah, I... I think a lot of people put value and it's something I'm experiencing in sort of the the world that I'm getting into with the digital photography and the NFT photography is that value is placed on the amount of sort of, you know, hikes that you went on or the the money you spent on the trip. And to me, value is what what you produce. You can Mm. literally walk out your backyard and take a photo that is, the best photo that anyone's ever seen, depending on what your backyard is, of course. If yeah. you're into urban, might work. Um, well, I know, I know some people absolutely love uh, banal photography and, you know, they've, they've got photos of, uh, you know, shopping centre skips on their wall and, you know, yeah. car parks and service stations and yeah, that's their thing. Them. Not a local thing, guy. But... <laughs> We've got a local guy here that does um, alleyways, yeah. like the back alleyways behind houses, and then he'll photograph people's backyards. He won't ever say where it is, but yeah, most sure. of us can recognise them. Um, but he'll just find really weird, like there's this one backyard here that's got this beautiful old hut in it, and I desperately want to shoot it with the sunrise above it. Mm. But I know it's obviously can't say where the spot was but yeah this guy's just coming up with the most weirdest photographs and the most weirdest spots but and he literally does on his walk in the morning when he takes his dog for a walk it's you know it's the value is what the the person who sees it is feeling and experiencing and i think that it's that difference in being able to see every everyone sees the same thing but it's Mm -hmm. how they see it that's the that's the difference and it's that difference in how people see things that I think is the, the wonderful thing about photography. Absolutely. It's, yeah, you, you see the details that I don't think everyday people see or, or you know, 
Mm. The other day, other week, we had a really awesome storm front came through that have every sort of cloud that you want a storm, you know, momentous clouds, everything. And there were people just walking along the beach, chatting to each other, not even looking up. And I'm like, guys, yeah. have a look above your head. There's some of the most epic storm clouds you'll ever see in your life. The people so, walking around with their, their phone in their hands, looking, looking at the phones. <laughs> there's this beauty, beauty above them, yeah. I guess that's where we are so absolutely, and I even hate to say it, but we are so blessed with what we do and what we see. It's definitely, definitely. Only some people get to experience and see what we see. I don't know why. I don't know why it is. I'd, I'd love to know the science behind how a photographer sees what they do. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That, yeah. I, there, there probably is some kind of strain of brain science that you could apply to it and somebody yeah. somewhere might end up working out what that that uh, set of chemicals or electrochemical processes ends up looking yeah. like. But uh, I, I, I honestly think it's probably going to be different in every every person. I think it's a lot of it's derived from emotion and experience. Absolutely. Um, I think most photographers have experienced something traumatic or something literally eye-opening in their life um, that has made them see life differently. And I think that's probably yeah. the, 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 the pinpoint of every probably most photographers is something's happened that made us see life differently and maybe even appreciate life more. Um, maybe that's what it is, is mm. we have an appreciation for life. Talking about seeing things differently, where do you see photography going into the future? Oh, I don't know. I think it's going everywhere. I, I I think photography as a, I just think photography as an art form is always going to be there. It's always still photography will always be there. It doesn't yeah. matter what the future holds. People are always going to need physical still photography in their life. They may like different styles of art, um, but I really think photography is always going to be there. I think digital photography, as in moving film photography, is yep. is becoming a lot more prevalent only because it can be used so easily now um, mm. to promote work um, or to promote anything, to be honest. Um, I think it, I think the future of photography is amazing. I am. Um, I'm glad that I jumped in, gosh, it's two years now, um, into the world of Web3 and the future of photography. Um, yeah. I'm so glad that I, I've been in that space, as have you, um, from the beginning because as much as it's still being whittled out and things are changing, the Web3 photography world is its happening. It's I don't think it's slowing down. I think its uses are changing. Um, but I yeah. think the yeah. uses in the commercial sense, um, which is what I've always had in my head, is my target area. Um, I think it's slowly going to come about and it's not all going to be video photography. I think, yeah, I think virtual virtual worlds are going to happen as well. Yeah, um, very much so. We may not like it. That's beside the point. Um but embracing that and being part of that, I think, is really important for photographers for their future. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I honestly think tactile, real life photography, as in a photograph that you can actually see, touch, and feel, is always going to be around. But I think photographers have to embrace digital. Um, it's that's just, and that's coming mainly not from what I'm involved in in the 
digital NFT space, but that's from when I used to work at universities and we used to, you know, these were all part of future studies is how mm. the virtual world's going to work um, because it's going to happen. And I mean, we were fast tracked in the last two years into a virtual environment, yep. um, which I think was brilliant that all this technology happened so quickly because it had to. Yeah, very um, much so. But it's also inclusive. It means that anyone can be involved in anything, no matter where they are in the world and no matter what their socioeconomic sort of environment is. Mm. So it just means that photography and art has become so inclusive now. Definitely, definitely. What challenges do you see on the horizon? I don't know. I think people being open-minded. I think people's personal challenges are actually going to be the challenges. Interesting, yeah. I think that's going to hold a few people back. I'm a jump in. I'm a, if something new comes up, new technology, new anything, I jump in. If it doesn't work, jump back out and carry on with life. But I think that's going to be the biggest challenge and the biggest thing to hold people back is actually themselves. Yeah. I I subscribe to that as well. If you don't try, you don't know. And if you don't know, you, you know, you. you, Absolutely. Why die wondering, you know? Give, give it a crack if it doesn't work, as you say, jump out of it. The, the, the best no decision is irreversible. Oh, this is it. Unless I you think chop your head off. You know, that, that's... <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> Probably not going to help a photographer either. No, that's right. <laughs> um, I think flurn, failing, failing to learn, I think it means, um, yeah. is something I've always gone by, is you have to, you have to learn, you have to fail, and you have to learn from those failings. Absolutely. It's, yeah. What do you like to do when you're not out shooting? Long walks on the beach. No, I, you know, I do. I love going for a walk at the beach. I don't have a dog and I go to the dog beach and walk because nice. seeing dogs at a beach is the most relaxing, funniest thing you can ever do. Yeah. Um, yeah. But obviously catching up with friends. Um, I love yoga. I've had a bit of injury lately, um, so not really doing much of that at the moment. But, yeah, I had a bit of a an accident. I had a truck. I was out photographing and I had a truck um, road rage me out in the country who actually oh. rammed me okay. um, while I was at 100 k's an hour um, back in 2019. So my back got a bit wrecked from that. Um, Ouch. Yeah, not a nice experience. It um, was quite horrific to tell you the truth. But, um, yeah, it stopped me driving for some time. It stopped me going out on country roads. Um, it mm. started really impacting my photography um because it was quite a you know it was like a scene out of a movie where he was just road raging people and trying to push people off the road and stuff and yeah just end up ramming me um i managed to keep control of my car um mm. but couldn't drive after that i was so traumatized by it wow. um luckily he's not allowed on the road anymore and doesn't have a job and spent some time he was done for driving with the intent to kill um driving the intent to injure, yeah, some quite severe charges. So yeah, that yeah. sort of really, that that shook my 2019 photography life up a bit. Um, and then I think obviously, yeah, I, ju- I just feel, sorry, I've completely lost track. <laughs> <laughs> that made me lose track, sorry. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not surprised. Um, we were talking about what you like to do when you're not out shooting, obviously. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> Um, yoga and beach and friends. Um, yeah, I, I love yoga. I used to do Bikram yoga, you know, three, four times a week and then do just what I call normal yoga, which is yin style yoga. I love 
doing that. Um, but yeah, being with my friends and my friends' kids is is nice. my passion. I love it. It's yeah. You weren't a photographer. What would you be? Probably a sad person. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I I actually don't know. I I really couldn't say. Right. I. I was into art at school. I do remember that. I failed art um, because I made a model. We had to do clay model and it was freestyle. And so I did a woman that was sort of, you know, quite voluptuous. And the teacher actually failed me because he said that's not a realistic female form. And I kind of may have stopped really caring about school at that point because I was like, you can't tell us that a woman should be skinny and flat and straight. (laughs) Wow. Um, so yeah, I um, I didn't really get into art. I was very sporty in school. Um, but no, I, I don't know. I honestly do not know. Okay, and maybe I don't want to know. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any photographers that uh, you think I should be talking to on the podcast? Um, I'm going. I'm going to say Hamish Stubbs. Yeah, he's I he's think, been on my list a little while. I'm, I've I I haven't caught up with him yet. I haven't managed to pin him down to a a, a date. But uh, well, I think he's flying out to Iceland today. Damn yeah. it! Um, <laughs> so yeah, I would say definitely Homie Stubbs, just because. Yeah, I, he deserves any platform to speak about photography on. Um, no. Anyone else? Do you know what? Yeah, everyone. Everyone that I know that's a photographer. <laughs> I, I've got a very long list. So. <laughs> I can imagine. There, I'm, not, I'm not going to run out of people to talk to. <laughs> no, I don't think you will. I don't think you'll ever be uh, sunsetting this little uh, <laughs> podcast. No, it'll be me that gives up before uh, before I run out of people to talk to. <laughs> you have to hand it over to someone. <laughs> that, that is unless I say something stupid, get cancelled, and then uh, nobody wants <laughs> Which is so easy nowadays. I know, I know. <laughs> I have to be very careful sometimes. All right, well, I've got one more question, and it's uh, the most important question for most of my listeners. Do you like pineapple on pizza? Oh, my goodness, yes. <laughs> pineapple belongs on pizza. Absolutely. Fantastic. Nothing like a good Hawaiian pizza with barbecue sauce. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> All right, well, thanks very much for uh, spending the time with me, Vicky. It's been wonderful uh, getting to know you a little bit better and actually talking to you face-to-face instead of uh, over over uh, Twitter spaces. Um, where can people find your work? Um, my website, which I've just refreshed over Christmas, so vlwphotography.com.au, um, Twitter, Twitter's more my NFT land. Um, so if you don't understand NFTs, probably don't go there. Um, Instagram, Facebook is there, but it's just there because it has to be there. Um, so probably Instagram would be the most friendly place. Um, Fantastic. Yeah. Thanks very much. Thank you for having me, Grant. It's, um, yeah, wasn't as scary as what I thought it would be. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> Thanks again for listening to Landscape Photography World. I hope you enjoyed the show and keep listening because I'll be joined by some great guests in upcoming episodes. You can find my work and this podcast at grantswinburnphotography.com. I'm also on Vero, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram and Facebook. I'm Grant Swinburne. Hope to see you out shooting soon.